Do you have a will? If you don't, the reasons for not having one are probably very similar to the reasons that I didn't have a will, which is I didn't have time to go and meet a solicitor face to face. I didn't think that I needed a will and also thought that it would be prohibitively expensive. So on today's episode, we're going to find out why I now do have a will, which I made without leaving my home and didn't have to go to lengthy face-to-face meetings, wasn't prohibitively expensive, and I definitely do need one, despite being only 39 years old. And hopefully this will help uh, some of you who may not have a will too. So we talk about what is a will and why you need to make one, why you should think about using a solicitor rather than doing it yourself, and some key things to think about when making the will. Of course, it's Medic's Money, so we also have a pretty detailed discussion about tax and inheritance tax, and that was a key part of why I also wanted to make a will. And I think for me, it's just having the peace of mind to know that if anything was to happen to me, my kids and my family will be protected and able to continue the lifestyle that they have at the moment, even if I'm gone. The other thing to say today is that this is a sponsored episode. So what does that mean and why am I bothering to tell you about it? What it means is that today's guest is someone that we have used ourselves personally and have vetted considerably and they offer a service which we think will be incredibly useful to you guys. They're also offering a £150 discount to Medics Money podcast listeners and there's a link to get that discount in the show notes below or you can visit medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash wills that's medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash wills where you can read some more information about the service on offer and wills in general so hopefully that level of transparency is useful to you and you appreciate it and these sponsored episodes help us to keep bringing you the very best podcast content so that we can keep empowering you all to make better financial decisions I also should insert our standard disclaimer here that nothing you hear today is financial advice, tax thresholds and rates are subject to change, and nothing in today's podcast should be taken as advice or legal advice. It's purely for entertainment only. Right, let's find out why we all need to make a will and how we should go about doing it. Welcome to the Medics Money Podcast. My name is Dr. Tommy Perkins and I'm a GP. And my name is Dr. Ed Cantelow, a GP, but also a chartered accountant and a chartered tax advisor. And yes, you did hear that right. Not only is Ed a doctor, he's also a chartered accountant and a tax advisor. Medics Money empowers doctors and other professionals like you to make better financial decisions. So today on the podcast, I'm delighted to be joined by Richard Stone, who is a solicitor and a director of Talbot's Law. Hi, Richard. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Now, I'll tell the listeners how we uh, met uh, in a minute, but tell us a bit about uh, who you are, what you do, and how you help doctors. Well, um, say my, my name's Richard. I'm a solicitor of some 10 years experience now, and I work in the area that we call trust and estates, and that means helping people with the creation of wills, lasting powers of attorney, perhaps creation of trusts, um, but also helping with estate administration. Awesome. And um, we met because we've been working with a charity called the Healthcare Workers Foundation, who are helping the bereaved families of our colleagues who have sadly passed away from COVID. And you guys managed to help one of our 
the bereaved families um, with some stuff, I think, there. So that was a really uh, sad way, but really nice way to be introduced to you guys. Uh, I'm not sure how much you can say about that because of client confidentiality or whatever. Um, but thanks so much for your help with that. That was really nice. And then, you know, making a will has been on my to-do list uh, for at least 10 years, I think. And every year I meet my financial advisor and it's like, you got protection? Yes. You got an investment? Yes. You got a will yet, Tommy? No. And I think the reason that I didn't have one, I, d- I don't know, you probably hear this excuse all the time, but I-, I didn't really have time to do it. I thought it would take a long time. I didn't want to have to go to a stuffy solicitor's office and meet up with them. No offense. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure your office is lovely. Um, but uh, I-, I just didn't have time. Uh, and then the, you guys, we, you know, I've done my will now. Thank you to you guys. And we did it all online. Uh, all the documents are related online. And I think it's probably taken about less than an hour of my time um so yeah thank you so much for that but you know there's going to be loads of doctors listening to this who do not have a will uh probably they're going to trot out all those excuses that i just trotted out so i thought it'd be really good to just get into the basics of you know what is a will why you need one um and let's take it from there but i think uh yeah so you know what is a will and why should people make one well, yes, Tommy, you're absolutely right. It is um, a, a very common story that people do leave their um, wills um, uh, outstanding for for many years. I suppose there is the um, you know tie in the fact that it does relate to dying, and and nobody wants to think too much about that. Um, but uh, very simply, what a will does, as I'm sure most of your listeners know, is it that it does set uh, create a set of instructions um, that when you die, uh, I suppose the key, two key principles is who would sort everything out and where you would leave everything to. Uh, and I suppose a third one, which can be uh, almost more important than either of those two, uh, if you have young children, uh, is looking after your children and naming guardians for them. So... Main reasons why you would make a will, peace of mind, um, simplicity and protection. And to go into those a little bit deeper, um, peace of mind is, uh, I think people, even though they try not to think about making a will, sometimes may worry about the fact that they haven't made a will uh, and they haven't left you know, um, proper instructions, which will uh, really just make life easier for their family if anything were to happen to them. Uh, I mean, this this can be, be as simple as just naming an executor so that you know exactly who would be there to sort everything out for you. Uh, even in the most simple of estates, uh, having a named executor on a piece of paper can make life much easier for them. Obviously, as we get into more complex um, situations with family, uh, If you are married with children, well, the first thing is that not everything then may necessarily go to your spouse, uh, whereas a lot of people might think that that is the standard case. And of course, it can be much worse if you uh, have a situation where you haven't got close uh, family and if you were to die, then your estate could end up going to people you don't necessarily want it to. And then the final point I made about protection is that the default position for estates passing to children would be at 18 years old. And again, that might be entirely the sensible approach, particularly if you are 
likely to leave them large sums of money. Yeah, and I think that's a um, really good summary there. Um, and yeah, I'm not thinking about dying, um, but you know, peace of mind for me to know that if I do die, my family can carry on living the lifestyle that they do now and my children will be looked after. Um, you know, peace of mind for me was a massive thing. And um, yeah, I can't believe it took me so long to get a will, but thank you so much for doing it. Um, should we briefly talk about if you haven't got a will and passed away, there's uh, something called intestacy, I think it's called. Should we talk about that? Yes, we can do. Uh, the intestacy provisions uh, are set out in statute and create a set of rules, uh, both for who would be the person to administer your estate and also where your estate would pass to. Now, if you have, uh, if you're married and with children, then there is a cap actually as to how much would go to your spouse of £270,000 and then the rest of it would split equally between your spouse and your children. So you would see straight away, even if you're a relatively straightforward family situation, it would be it would create a result whereby not everything went to your spouse. And most people that I meet in those circumstances would actually rather the estate pass to a spouse entirely so they can make any decisions in that regard. If you don't have children, uh, spouse and children, then actually it starts going, looking for more distant family relations. And that can be parents, siblings, even going down to cousins. And um, again, whilst you, you may or may not get on with these people and uh, be happy or not with that result, uh, the, the situation would be that if, if you had a, a married couple then there could be a scenario whereby it all passed to one of the couple and then everything ended up going to just their relatives rather than the concept of splitting between two different families. Yeah, okay. So that that default position, yeah, that's um that could be suboptimal for many reasons. Okay, so um I know that there's lots of ways to make a will. So there's using a qualified solicitor like yourself, um, but you can, I believe, get like a will in a box or something or a non you know a will writer a non non-qualified will person so outline to me you know why people should use a solicitor and not a will in a box from wh smiths or other reputable uh, high street shops well um i suppose a will in a box an actual do-it-yourself may be okay for the simplest of wishes although the thing is a will is a legal document and therefore anything that you put in is a set of instructions that you can't then uh, decide oh that's not exactly what i meant because well a that person would be dead and b uh, because the the law would say well you, you've written that and that says that um so the language of wills has to be very clear and precise to ensure that instructions are um, follow, followed in terms of what you wanted them to say. Yeah. In terms of comparison with a will writer, uh, certain will writers are very good. Some of them are ex-solicitors who have set up themselves and, and want to go down the, the less regulated route. Uh, and of course, the, the 
benefit or, or in, enticement of them is they're perhaps a, a little bit less costly than employing a solicitor to do it. The downside of things is that the industry is unregulated and you have no idea whether the person has any formal training at all or has literally gone and picked up a book uh, and read a few pages and decided, well, this seems easy enough uh, to do, so, so I'll start writing wills. And I suppose one of the other things that we always talk about with will writers is that they are companies that may not be around when the person dies. And if they have made any mistakes, you may find that there's no comeback at, uh, at all. They may be a company that has uh, folded, there is no liability. And if we're talking about hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of pounds of states, uh, then if, if someone has drawn up a will that doesn't quite do what you want, there could be a huge loss uh, and no recourse to that. Whereas with solicitors, solicitors are insured to the hilt, um, as are most professional organisations. And not only that, that there is the solicitors regulation authority who run an insurance fund. So even if in the unlikely event that a solicitor uh, organisation should uh, fold, there is always insurance and it always takes over by the, is taken over by the solicitors regulation authority. Yeah, okay. I think there's parallels with doctors here, right? Because sometimes my patients ask their friends and family for medical advice and for very simple things, and maybe that's appropriate. But in all other cases, I think most doctors would always recommend you to consult a doctor about uh, something, a medical problem. And uh, I think it's uh, very similar here. So that was a really good uh, summary uh, of, of the benefits of using a solicitor. Um, okay, so when i mean i know the answer to this because uh, you just done my will so um but when when somebody comes to you um and they were we did it online on zoom which was perfect for me that was really great and that's something you guys do but when they come to you what are the key things that they need to consider when making a will okay well yes the the normal chat that i have with clients is i get to know them and uh, we talk about their family structure and their financial situation. And then whether they've thought about it uh, or not, we start looking at the, the following subjects. Firstly, the choice of executor, the choice of the people or um, the personal persons who would deal with everything, would sort out the funeral arrangements, would uh, deal with all the administration, liaise with different um, banks, uh, etc., uh, to sort everything out and follow the instructions as set out in the will. Equally, and as I said earlier, sometimes more important than the choice of the executors is the choice of guardians if you have young children. Peter, someone could do the same job. They could be looking after the, the admin and the money, um, and also the moral upbringing of, of your children. Um, but again, I think that that's something that we would really um, press upon people, that it's a, such a huge uh, and important decision uh, that they need to think about. Then there is, who do, you, who do you want to be looked after by your will and how do you want to look after them? And this may lead on to whether you want to consider trusts. So when you leave gifts and obviously that, those gifts can either be a 
specific item to someone, or it can be a gift of a particular amount of money, or it can be a share of your estate, a percentage. Either you can leave things outright without any strings attached. You know, I leave £50,000 to this person um, and they can do whatever they want with it. But if you want to have any control, create conditions on the gift, then you're talking about the use of a trust. And a trust can be as simple as I leave my estate to my two children, but subject to them reaching the age of 21, where we've got a very simple trust. Uh, going on to the more complicated trusts that people can use, such as life interest trusts or discretionary trusts, which can provide a, a greater level of protection, either for uh, in case of potential remarriage or in case of uh, children being in vulnerable positions uh, when their parents die. Yeah. Okay. And I think that trusts element was something that surprised me when we did um, my will, because if I die right now and didn't have a trust, um, my kids would get a reasonable amount of money and my daughter would probably spend it on unicorns and uh, coloring in books. And my boy would probably buy several hundred thousand pounds worth of Lego. Um, so the trust is a way to control when that money is released. Um, is that right? Yes, yes, absolutely. And unfortunately, where we're doing a will, uh, we, we have to have the mindset that this is a document that would come into place if the will, the person writing the will had died. And so if children had lost their parents, then that would have a very traumatic effect on them, of course. Uh, and then if you consider the idea of um, leaving them, you know, what could amount to, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds each, which, you know, is not uncommon nowadays, uh, then they really may not know what to do with it. If, if they, I mean, you may be talking about uh, Lego, but equally you could be talking about fast cars. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they, they may, even if they were turning 18, they, uh, they would no longer have the need for guardians, but um, they may still need a, a, a lot of support. And by having someone there who could say, well, listen, we'll, instead of just handing over hundreds of thousands of pounds, we can, we, we can buy a property so that you've got somewhere to live in. Um, we can make sure that you have got the income that you need. If you want to go to university, obviously there's money for that. If you have an idea of starting a business, we could help with that. But we're not suddenly just going to turn over you know, all of this money with without thinking well what would mum and dad have have wanted this this to you know help the the, the children in, in setting up their future lives yeah i think that was um something that i hadn't really considered and was really useful to go through um can we talk a little bit i mean about tax right because i think i said to you i would turn in my grave if i paid a penny more than necessary of uh, inheritance tax and in consultation with financial advisors etc but could, should we just give an overview of how wills and trusts can help with inheritance tax well the inheritance tax rules uh, are that people have a certain threshold whereby they don't pay any tax on it called the nil rate bans uh, 
uh, currently in individuals is £325,000. And then anything over that, they pay 40%. Um, now, there are a number of very important uh, exemptions, and the first being spousal exemption. Anything you leave to a surviving spouse or civil partner is free of inheritance tax. Uh, and there is also uh, another important exemption called uh, business property relief. Uh, and that can be very useful for people who have ongoing business, which I, I think a number of your listeners will have because uh, I've met a number of medics and it, it seems to be quite a popular uh, situation to set up a company to um, deal with uh, a lot of their businesses. Now, there is also, and I don't want to go into detail about this, a residence nil rate band, which is similar but uh, to the nil rate band, the standard nil rate band, but very convoluted. Uh, but in essence, where we speak to a married couple, we would normally be looking about a tax threshold of a million pounds and anything over that, uh, you would pay tax at 40%. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, yep. so there's there's not, there, there used to be prior to 2007, a, a lot of things that you could do, particularly with almost simple and straightforward wills to create a tax saving. Nowadays, the, the first thing that you want to look at is that you don't make wills that could potentially ruin the tax consequences by having a scenario where the same assets were taxed twice. And I suppose that's where it goes down to uh, the risks if people do their homemade wills would they they may have a set of instructions um, that are okay but would they know how that affects the tax position and and end up uh, having a huge tax bill yeah. as you know when we spoke um, we always have a discussion about taxation and looking at someone's uh, estate in the round now i have a good working knowledge of tax but at the same time i'm not and someone who's allowed to give any investment advice uh, and it's it's often a case that you, you would need a, at least a two-pronged approach from your solicitor understanding the rules of uh, how the will will sit into it and also estate well planning advisors whoever you might have who would give you the correct advice about well, you know, your your estate is going to be of the order of two million pounds. What can we do to to help plan for that and maybe lower that, <laughs> yeah. so your family would inherit more in the future? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we always like to talk about tax on medics' money, and as I said, I will turn in my grave if I estate has to pay more uh, inheritance tax than necessary. So uh, that was all good. Um, okay, so that was so useful. Really good, quick summary. Hopefully, everyone's got something actionable. It's probably made quite a few people uh, think about their own situation. Um, and if you want uh, to get in touch with Talbots, we've got a special promotion with you guys running and I'll put the link below, but it's a £125 discount when a will and lasting power of attorney is done together. As I say, I can highly recommend their services having just done it myself. Um, is there anything else that the listeners should be thinking about when they make their will? Um, well, I mean, you, you mentioned it. Lasting powers of attorney. Uh, yeah. Alongside making wills, we also ask, our, well, talk to our clients about lasting powers of attorney. I imagine a number of your listeners may know the term far better than the, the average person as they probably have to deal with lasting powers of attorney of 
for patients and you know have that uh, set out legal position of who can speak to people you know you professionals uh, on on someone's behalf uh, and in that case it would be the lasting power of attorney for health and welfare uh, which perhaps many of your listeners will have come across but for a lot of people uh, equally as important is the lasting power of attorney for property and financial affairs to make sure if anything happened to you which didn't kill you but which meant you were uh, no longer able to manage your own financial affairs that you would have the correct person who could immediately help you with those issues. Yeah, um, as I say, doctors are familiar with that. We, you know, as a GP, I deal with it on an almost daily basis, but often we just put our heads in the sand and think, well, it's great that my patient had a lasting power of attorney, but I don't need one because I'm a doctor. Um, so <laughs> hopefully this is going to spur some people into thinking about that. All right. So thank you so much for your time today. And thanks once again for helping us with the charity. That was really amazing a way to work. Thanks for making my will. Um, so I'll put the link in the description below. Uh, you can contact Richard and his team. And there is that uh, discount, which they've generously offered to Medics Money podcast listeners. So thanks for that. Um, so I'll drop the link to that in the uh, description below. Um, and thank you so much for your time today, Richard. That's great. Thanks a lot, Tommy. Take care. Cheers.